Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Athlete Voices podcast. I'm your host, Belisha Tang. Today, I'm very excited to feature Shelly Epstein as our guest. Shelly is a gymnast, acrobat, Cirque du Soleil artist, personal trainer, and high-performance coach. She began her circus career at age 18, landing her first gig in the Macau's famous House of Dancing Waters show. She has since toured the world, flipping, diving, and flying in various Cirque du Soleil shows. Shelley recently released her first book, Flying High, Life Lessons from the Big Top, a memoir that details her life as a circus artist and the wisdom she's gained through life in the spotlight. Please welcome Shelley Epstein. So you uh, wear so many different hats, right? You're a gymnast, an acrobat, or du Soleil artist, um, personal trainer, mental performance coach, so many things. And now author, right? You recently wrote a book. I've just released my book, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And I would love to promote the book on Athlete Voices. If- that would be incredible. Yeah. yeah. So you started your career as a competitive gymnast. Gymnast, artistic gymnast. Artistic gymnast. Cool. And then I switched to, it's not as popular as people, yeah, it's not a very popular sport. I switched to something called display gymnastics. Oh, interesting. I haven't. Yeah, so a lot of people haven't. So I don't know how big it still is, but it's a bit like, similar to cheerleading in a sense. It's, um, so it's tumbling, um, group choreography like dancing, and then sports acro. So we do like bunking and stuff, but mainly lifts where I think that differentiates from cheerleading. So it's a bit more like sports acro meets, yeah, it's, it's um, there was a team on Britain's Got Talent called Spellbound back in the day, and it's similar to that. So that's how I would describe display gymnastics. So I did display gymnastics from the age of 12 to 18. And then I auditioned for um, the House of Dancing Water in Macau and got the job and left home at 18 to pursue this dream and and then made it to Cirque du Soleil, which was my ultimate dream. Um, And yeah, that's that's basically my story. That's so inspiring. Oh my gosh, like so much to unpack there. Um, so you were only 18. You were so young when you started. Um, yeah. you auditioned for House of Dancing Waters. So I'm, I'm Chinese. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was actually from Macau. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think I actually watched a show one time when I was really young. Sure. It was incredible. It was it, phenomenal show. It's really heartbreaking with COVID. It, it closed. So oh, no. I don't I don't know what the plan of action is if it will ever reopen. Macau is still not in the best situation. So we'll we'll see. But it was an incredible like I'm so proud and feel so lucky that that was my starting point in my career. Wow. So you auditioned was it as a gymnast, as an acrobat? Or? As, a gen- uh, as a generalist, it was the position that I went with a gymnastics background. They were like, they, they scout everyone. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I was like going to this audition hoping you know like getting used to being rejected and <laughs> like okay this is what I need to come prepared for next year and like really know what it is that I need to work on and I made it past day one I got invited to day two which was in the swimming pool and I made it past that phase and they were like okay we're just going to do some interviews um, did an interview and they were like we'll be in touch if anyone of it was a whole new language to me it was like profiles I was like I don't understand <laughs> sure um whatever and I got a call um in January 2012 and they said yep you got the job and I was like oh my goodness I was like mom dad I'm moving to China and I withdrew my university application I was just applying to like different courses but nothing was really like my heart wasn't set on any of them it was just like it was the thing to do and I'm so happy that I didn't go to university and I followed my dream and 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 you know made a career out of it rather than not wasting but like doing a three-year course in something that might not really benefit me and and your heart just wasn't in it no and you can yeah. always study later in exactly. life exactly right and you did I did in in during the time of COVID so oh, wow yeah it all worked out and you know no, the most important thing is you don't have regrets because you pursued your dream you yeah. were courageous enough to pursue it because i think and i would love to touch on the concept of fear because you talk a lot about that and how to overcome fear and have the courage to just follow your heart because i feel like a lot a lot of people they have dreams but it just yeah, fear, so I guess, you know? no, for sure. I was just so like I was young and I was naive. I didn't like I ne doubt never crossed my mind. Like when I got offered the job, there was no question that I wasn't going to take it. It was never. I don't know. I was just like, yeah, this is this is it. I'm moving, and that, and I had no questions. There was nothing in the back of my mind. It was like completely blank. Like nothing to stop me from saying no. So. Yeah, my parents didn't try to stop me, you know, so. Oh, wow, that's awesome to have supportive parents like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I was really, really fortunate. Um, they've always been super supportive. And my mom always said, you know, if you want to quit, there's no pressure. Like, you, you're allowed to. You don't have to do this. And wow. it was always me. It was always coming from me to, to continue. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and so your parents, did they have background in? sports or no <laughs> wow <laughs> you do get some like we now have a girl on the show where she comes from a traditional circus family and it's incredible like both of her parents one of them i think is a trapeze artist and the other one's a juggler and she grew up in this environment where circus circus is the norm and it can yeah. be so good at so many different disciplines it's it's incredible and yeah and it was really cool to see but more often than not there's like one in the family um who does circus and the parents don't normally have like some special background either so wow yeah <laughs> so that's incredible that you know you had the courage to pursue this path that you know wasn't traditional for your parents like and um so much courage. I applaud you for that, seriously. And would you say that some of the, I guess you mentioned being a little naive, right, when you're young, um, would you say some of that maybe worked to your benefit because you Absolutely. didn't yeah. have doubt? Right? Exactly. No, for sure. I was just like, 
I was just so excited and um yeah I just didn't question anything and I'd like as a kid I um I was born in Israel I moved to the UK at a very young age and grew up in the UK and then at seven we moved back to Israel and then moved back to the UK when I was 10 so I I knew how already like to say goodbye to people and knowing that um, it's always see you soon like it's not a permanent thing and I feel like that also helped me like feel comfortable in moving and being away from people and stuff um I've always been very very independent as well and um yeah I've got yeah no regrets reflecting I'm like wow that was a bit crazy but I wouldn't want it any other way to be perfectly honest I wouldn't change a thing amazing so you moved to Macau this whole new country different language um different culture um and first time performing in the production of that caliber and of that nature so tell me about all that what was it like yeah so first actually we did a three-month training program in Belgium because that's the um where the headquarters of the company is it's he's a from Belgium and that's where it was so we arrived in the middle of nowhere like it's literally in this town in the middle of nowhere like there's nothing surrounding it and um it's just a warehouse and downstairs you have your kitchen and the training facilities were absolutely phenomenal and then upstairs you sleep and you like go to work go to bed that was my life um i was also finishing school so i left a couple of times to take my exams and whereas everyone else was had free time for me i was studying so it was it was pretty full on it was pretty hectic but um I've yeah the training studio was so cool it was like something out of a movie they built um a 10 meter dive tower because obviously the show is water-based and has diving we learned how to scuba dive we learned um how to dive from 10 meters we learned russian swing uh, we learned harness work we learned um cradle do a trapeze um hand to hand lots of strength and conditioning dance workshops acting classes um it, it was it was a phenomenal experience it was crazy it was hard it was painful but we we made it through to the other side and it was wow. it was great um it i learned everything that i can do now that was like building my foundations and then from there i obviously then later specialized in different skills and obviously preferred different things over others um so yeah i remember on the first day i was like there's no way i'm jumping off nine meters and i jumped off nine meters and then i was like oh my gosh russian swing and then i just did it and uh, yeah and russian swings my specialty which i always say swing chose me i did not choose swing it was not something i loved at all and now funnily enough I do oh my gosh so all of that you kind of had a crash course in three months yeah it was full on (laughs) wow so how long were you training per day and were you training like every single day or yeah so it was the hardest thing is as well is like wet dry wet dry Mm. um so yeah I think maybe we started the day with like scuba diving and then you shower change then you have your dry training and then you're back in the water for diving and then you're doing Russian swing and then you've and then you've got your harness work or dance choreography so it's really it was it was full on um 
It was really cool though, and I learned so much. And then when you move to Macau, everything's on even a bigger scale, and integrating with the rest of the cast and crew was a really cool experience. And everyone was so nice, and um, it was so much fun. Oh my gosh! Wow, um, incredible, incredible. <laughs> um, so I want to talk about your specialty, Russian swing. Um, when did that become your specialty? And tell me how you transitioned. Um, before we start that, um, how did you transition from gymnastics to water, right? Because that's pretty different, right? Some similarities, but you went from like dry sport to diving, yeah. right? So as gymnasts, you um, they don't expect you to do head first entries because we're not divers they do teach you but that's not like a requirement they would hire divers to to do the diving um you as a gymnast you have great spatial awareness you know exactly where you are in the air and they they teach you like it's very free as well there were certain tricks every girl had to learn for a specific track on the show and then there's different tracks where it's more free for all so you can do whatever tricks you want um, so it's, again, if you want to push yourself and challenge yourself to progress, to do harder things by all means, but, um, there was a dive tower. So starting the lowest, I think was three meters, five, seven, and 10. Mm-hmm. And then we also had a trampoline. So doing trampoline to water to help you understand, um, having more air time and how that works because in gymnastics things are a lot quicker mm-hmm. than in diving you have a lot more time to to fly if that right. makes sense right. yeah um for do it for like cradle and hand-to-hand artistic gymnastics doesn't work in your favor for hand-to-hand because as gymnasts you want to balance yourself whereas in hand-to-hand the porter balances you they do the work and you just need to be a stick. So learning to disengage your natural instincts of fighting for it is quite challenging. Um, and then being a flyer, I absolutely love being thrown around. So oh my God. yeah, that was really, really fun. Um, Russian swing, we were all expected to do it. We all learned and trained it. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing that I loved. It was fun, it was cool, but it wasn't like, it scared me. I was like, yeah. this is not for me. Um, and I did what was required of me. And then as I built and gained confidence, I did more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> I applied for Sector Soleil with my uh, training partner at the time. We had to do a trapeze act and we submitted it to Sector Soleil and they contacted him saying, we actually need a male porter for a new show. Are you interested? And we had never really agreed on terms between us. So I was like, yeah, take it. And he then put my name forward. He was like, what about Shelly? Is there anything? And they were like, no, 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 not right now. I was like, that's okay. We'll, we'll see, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, later, they then contacted me saying, oh, we have this position. It is a character role um, and a Russian swing to swing flyer. And I was like, oh my God, Russian swing to swing. That was a discipline. I was like, oh, I would never do that. Like, are you are you crazy? I've seen videos of it from another sector Soleil show called Varakai. And I was like, oh, why? Like, why Russian swing? Uh, it looks terrifying. Uh, terrifying. <laughs> and it, yeah, that's exactly how I felt when I first looked at it. And I was like, you know what? Just say yes. It's your dream to work for this company. Just say yes. 
So I said yes, I sent everything um, I needed to because it wasn't just me, there was a, a few other candidates and the director then selected me and I'm still very humbled by him. He's an incredible human to work with. And um, yeah, so in my head I was like, okay, if you hate it, you have a three month probation, you can leave. If they think you're rubbish, they'll get rid of you. And you're working for a company where safety is obviously the number one priority. I was like, this is the safest place for me to learn this discipline. But basically at the end of the day, I was just like, you know, it's, this is the place to learn with yeah. regards to safety and that they'll teach me properly. And yeah, it was scary, but you know what? It was something I managed to overcome and I learned so much about myself. Um, it's really fascinating discipline. And, you know, the more you do something, the risk factor kind of eliminates. There's a quote um, from Alex Honnold, I think is his name, from Free Solo. Mm -hmm. And he says, you don't um, overcome your, com you expand your comfort zone. So rather than actually like overcoming the fear, you just get more comfortable in that range and you build it till you actually feel confident enough to, um, do what you need to do and I think that's literally what happened as well as you put the time and effort into something you you can progress um so yeah no it was the it was the best place to learn and um yeah I now actually love Russian swing funnily enough but I always say it chose me I did not if wow. you saw me at the house of dancing water I don't think anyone would be like yeah she's gonna be a Russian swing flyer like I had a love and a passion for flying in other ways but you know what flying is flying it's such an, a phenomenal feeling oh my gosh wow so flying for me i'm kind of a whim so that's why i did rhythmic gymnastics <laughs> well actually i started in artistic and i was like after level six i was like i don't want to do a backpack off the bar like i don't like that feeling because i'm quite the opposite um but yeah, so if you were to describe Russian Swing to someone who didn't know what it is, how would you describe it? So Russian Swing is like two giant swinging pendulums on, you have two, so you have one on the left-hand side, one on the right-hand side, and then in the middle is just free space. Um, doesn't matter which side, but always on the back of the swings, you either have a pusher, and on the opposite side, you'll have your catcher. The flyer will load at the front of the swing and the swing moves in a pendulum manner. And when the flyer calls that up, the pusher is gonna pull the swing back. And then on the next swing, the pusher will push the flyer off the swing whilst the flyer you know, does their release and make sure that the technicality is all there and giving the line for the pusher. You, the flyer then flies through the air across that empty space and the catcher will then lift his swing to make sure that the feet of the flyer will meet the swing when they land. Then the flyer lands. You can take a couple of swings if you need to before you get off um, the swing. But normally, as soon as you land, you kind of just get off the swing pretty quickly. Um, yeah, so that's Russian swing to swing. There are other variations. You can do Russian swing to the same swing. For me, that's the most terrifying and I hated it the most. Um, wow. And then you've got Russian swing to a fly mat, which is basically a dismount. So similar to the water, just you're landing on a hard surface rather than being submerged. And I 
loved like that was my all-time favorite thing was doing dismounts I love dismounts very similar to gymnastics yeah yeah exactly but you've got a lot more time to fly you go very high and yeah it's just such a great feeling a great feeling oh my gosh I feel like most people would be scared out of their mind um so it seems like the it's so precise right it is the margin of error so have have you personally ever gotten injured from it or you know anyone who got them injured um or is there like a net at the bottom or how does that no so it's just mats underneath us Unfortunately, I sustained a severe injury in January and I'm still recovering from it. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Okay, it's unfortunately part of what we do. We all know it comes with that risk factor. That risk factor is not really in your mind when you're doing it, but I guess it is always switched on when you are performing because you do have that slight fear and apprehension when you're performing Um, but you never think it's going to happen to you and it's again the margin of error is so minimal and safety is obviously their number one priority so you you sometimes feel that is eliminated but it it happens it happens it happens for sure um so you know what what kind of injury was it so i tore my liz frank and deltoid ligament so I had two surgeries the first to fix and then place metal work to set, uh, reset the bones and then the removal of the metal work. So I'm literally only back walking fairly recently um, and I'm just wow. regaining strength and trying to build back to running and jumping so I can, as stupid as it may sound, get back to uh, flying and jumping and <laughs> jumping again. But, you know, that you're so passionate about it, right? That's, of course. You know, and I think I saw an Instagram video of yours where you were doing pull-ups with your boot on. I was like, that's so inspiring. Um, Yeah, and I wish you all the best in your recovery. And I know that with your passion um, for what you do, like, I'm very hopeful that you're going to get back to it, um, get back on your feet. And um, so are you still with Cirque du Soleil? Yeah, no, I, I currently am. I'm I'm looked after until um, until I'm cleared by the doctor. Um, a bit of a weird circumstance, but um, hopefully I will be able to return to stage. Yeah, wow. And Cirque du Soleil is returning to performing after COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They almost all their shows are back up and running. I'm pretty pretty certain on that there might be like one more to go but I think they've relaunched almost all their shows that's awesome that's awesome and I know a lot of artists struggled like during COVID right out of work you know same with dancers um so how did you kind of get through COVID so yeah with COVID it was it, it was a weird situation you know everyone always dreams of having the gift of time until you're given it and then you don't know what to do with it. And I guess COVID was also a bit of a weird situation because you couldn't do, you couldn't travel, you couldn't do all the things one would want to do when, they, when they're given this gift. Um, so I had been a qualified personal trainer uh, for about six years, but I had never really, like I trained a couple of people here and there, but I had never really like stuck my foot into it. So I was like, you know what, this was my backup plan let's let's use it let's see if i like it so i applied to some local gyms i set up an online business and jumped on the bandwagon with online zoom teaching 
and ran sessions like three times a week um, and then had a client based one-to-one with working within the rules of of COVID. Um, I never went to university, so I studied sports psychology with Open University online. Wow. And I started writing my book. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was you my know what? Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I got up to. And then um, with my injury now, I'm now training to be a life coach. So I would love eventually to collaborate the life coaching with sports psychology and my biggest goal is targeting like high level athletes performers um yeah to to help them go through that transitional of change particularly if they're leaving their sport if they're leaving their field and going into a new industry it can be mentally challenging more than anything like dealing with um, the identity crisis, like, who am I? You know, my job doesn't define me, but it's a massive part of my life. So if I can help in any way whatsoever, I would, it, yeah, that's that's what I want to do. Wow. So much to just unpack there. I mean, um, I actually, my original goal was to study sports psychology as oh, well. Right. Yeah, and that's why I, was, I resonated so much with you because, like, performance, you know, high performance coaching. Um, it's incredible. Um, I did one semester at uh, San Jose State, but then I left because <laughs> similar reason as you, like I wanted to pursue dancing more seriously and you can always go back later. Um, but so funny that we overlap in that way. And I'm so fascinated by things like transition out of sport. Like that's a big topic it's in the field massive. of research. and. It's hard, you know, identity crisis when you devote so much of your life to that one thing and just it can happen in a split second where you get injured and it could be over like that. And it's like, then what do I do? You know? Yeah, it's, 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 it's really hard. With dancing, would you want to work for Sector Slakes? They hire dancers as well. Oh, my God. I really seriously considered it. Um, as long as I don't have to do the Russian swing. <laughs> no, um, there's lots, yeah. lots of shows where they have dances. You should definitely um, put your like apply on their on their website. There's a page for job applications, and then if you click dancer, it will tell you everything you need to submit for the dancer role. That's oh. I did it for a acrobat role, like for a gymnast. So that's originally how I auditioned was all online. So if I can do it, you can do it. Wow, that's that got me goosebumps of just excitement because yes, yeah. it was it definitely was it may still be a dream of mine to perform on big stages like Cirque du Soleil. And um, I definitely considered it at one point. And I'm so inspired by your story. And I'm sure so many people are inspired just you took that leap, like quite literally the leap of faith. And look at where it got you, you know, and I know you, you, did you, you originated the rule of the butterfly. The running woman, yeah. Running woman. Tell me about that. Oh, I still like, I, again, I was 21, maybe turning 20, so I was 18, 19, 20. Yeah, I must've been 21 when I first started with Cirque du Soleil. And the fact that they selected me for a character, I was like, really like i had been on the house of dancing water i was like 
I want to be a dancer. I want to like, I was interested in other roles, but I never had the confidence enough really to put myself forward as a dancer. I did, but they were like, no, you're too short. And I was like, okay, you know, like they gave me, there was a position on the show where they needed one short dancer and a lot of us did it. And I got to rotate that role and I loved it, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I want more. And, um, so I eventually felt like I filled my boots in in the show. So when I auditioned for Cirque, I was not expecting like a character role. I was like, I'm a generalist. Like I've not been a Cirque, like I don't know if I can pull this off. And the director said he he said he saw something in my eyes. And again, I, I auditioned via video. So everything was like, they asked for loads of random things and I sent it and it was all through video. So. He said he saw something and when you meet um, Daniele, he just just gives me goosebumps. He's such a warm, grounded human and I learned so much from him and he I really helped me develop this character and um, she eventually evolved. And I always speak about her rather than me because I guess it's like an... I don't know, an alter ego almost. Like there's so many attributes that she holds. I'm like, damn, like I wish <laughs> I was more like her, but that is me, but in a right. different way. So it's, yeah. it is funny. She, it was, it was really cool to represent a strong, powerful female character as well. And I, I really realized the importance of it as I also grew older as well. And also feeling more comfortable in my own skin. So um, she told me a lot, I learned a lot, and I'm very excited um, for, you know, the future for whoever else takes the role and what she does with it and what it evolves and turns into as well. Wow, that's that's amazing that you mentioned the alter ego, kind of like Beyonce, Sasha Fierce. (laughs) It's so funny. I have a similar thing with dance where it's like I'm one way, my normal life but dance just wakes me up and like yeah get out of my shell and everything and michael Michael jackson was the same way i've watched some of his interviews he's like really shy in real life Mm -hmm. and then on stage yeah larger than life on stage so that's amazing that's amazing um what are some qualities of the uh running woman that you that inspire you um her confidence like just being able to own the stage and the space and just be grounded and present like it's yeah that was really really cool obviously as well like with Russian Swing I know I'm playing this character but I'm also me so yeah I that was the only part of the show where sometimes I think I would lose character because I was so focused on swing I didn't really I keep character more after I jump and I fly and then yeah. I'm like, yeah, the adrenaline's high. But before I jump, you can really kind of almost see me. And um, I learned a lot about myself as well, like dealing with that fear, the stress, the anxiety, the breathing. And um, I found that fascinating and interesting. And wow. I didn't even know I did half of the things until I studied sports psychology. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's why I did that. And I didn't even realize and it was wow. so cool. I was like, wow. It's so powerful and your body kind of knows how to manage and deal with it without being taught. So if people actually know and are in tune with those, like it could be a super powerful thing. Absolutely. Sports psychology, performance um, coaches, I think 
they teach a lot of skills that are so important for high performance. And, you know, as an athlete, you may naturally pick up on it through experience, but imagine having that guidance from early on, like how much more you can do, right? Um, so uh, you work as a performance consultant and um, just touching on, I'm sure you talk about so many things um, related to high performance. Um, touching on the, the main thing I, I would love to focus on is fear, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's such a direct translation to the fears we face in everyday life, you know? Um, so what advice would you have for people who experience fear and want to overcome that fear in whatever way? Like I had a fear of driving for the longest time. And then it was so similar to what you did with Russian swingers. Like I hated it in the beginning. I would get sweaty palms, you know, on the freeway, but then you do it every day and it gets easier and easier and then now I love driving crazy I still hate driving driving <laughs> my anxiety is really? I hate it it's I don't oh know my God. yeah but it, you do all these amazing crazy things wow it's but, more you know it's the other people that scare me yeah. it's the stress of that than right. myself like oh, I try right. yeah I trust myself, but it's like in situations, the unpredictability of other people, yeah. I'm like, ah, it just is so, I find it so, so stressful. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but I wish, honestly, I, I, my, my end goal, I would love to get into a field where I can work as a performance coach. Mm -hmm. I am so fascinated, fascinated by it. I'm not quite in yet, but I have the knowledge and I would love to help where and if I can, but I haven't quite got my foot in the door yet. So I wish I could add that title to my CV, but I'm not quite there yet. So maybe in you the will, near future. Sure. Um, but yeah, dealing fear is such a, like, it's, it, it's one of my main, I do it for motivational speaking and I think everyone can relate to fear. Everyone has a fear of something, regardless of how big and how small. Um, a lot of it is learned, so it can be an unlearned behavior as well. Um, similar to you said, to, uh, as you said, with driving, not all fears can be completely eliminated. You, you do get phobias, which are slightly different. Um, but yeah, your body will have those natural responses to to certain fears as well. You you get the um like the sweaty palms, the increased heart rate, the increased breathing. Um, the opposite side of it is you get people who just freeze and you know don't really know what to do, or their legs go super heavy, and um. So those are other um external factors that um comes along with fear, but you are always in control it is such it's a mind game more than anything and it's being able to um dissociate the fear as well as like really coming down to the root of the why what what actually is it and at the end of the day more often than not you aren't actually fearful of the thing it's the anxiety it's the thought process of thinking about the thing that is more fearful than the fear itself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I do have a quote, but I, I will have to search for it because I can't remember and it, was a, it is quite a good one. Um, so if I were to think about Russian swing now, I could, I could, make my, I could give myself all the symptoms, um, not even being in the environment of swing. And then if you already start doing that and training yourself to do that, you're going to have a predisposition. So when you actually come to swing, you're like, oh my gosh, like, 
how do I, you, you make it more manic. So mm-hmm. taking a step back, eliminating the fear factor. The, one of my favorite exercises that I do is I close my eyes. I've already built the imagery in my head so I can see everything, but that also takes time to build is I can close my eyes and I can see the stage. I can see where the audience sits. I can see the swings and I can see myself. And what I do is picture the perfect jump. I picture what I want my outcome to be. And it's always, it has to be a positive. If you have a negative, you should not be flying and you're putting yourself in danger for many reasons, but it's a positive outcome. And you can train yourself to do that. And then actual physical training with safety. So similar to driving, you could do drive simulations until you feel comfortable and confident enough to take the next step. And that's expanding the comfort zone is something I mentioned uh, earlier. And so you're slowly chipping away and eliminating fear. Fear will always be there, but you've got to learn to use it to uh, heighten your performance, not hinder it. So for me, I acknowledge when fear is present, I'm like, okay, I feel you. I hear what you're saying. And it's also your body's way of telling you how to assess a situation. I, I know when fear is there for a reason, like if I'm on a bridge and there's no um, barriers or something, I'm like, okay, yeah, I should be careful. I'm not going to throw myself off of it. Um, so it is there for a reason. So similar with swing, when it's present, I'm like, okay, I hear you, but I know I can do this. I trust myself. I've trained for this. I know. So I suppress the nerves through breathing techniques. Mm. I close my eyes. I do my imagery and I like literally I shake it off and I, before I get on the swing, I do a massive exhale. My pusher, he, he can feel when I'm nervous as well. And he's like, breathe easy. And like, like that's one of the most calming things. I'm like, yeah, I've got this. And you feel the swing and you call it. And then after I fly, boom, the adrenaline hits. I'm like, oh, I just did it. But it's the best feeling in the world. And I'm like, what was I afraid of? Like, it's all, <laughs> it really is all in your head. So yeah. you can give or take with many things. There's a book, uh, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, which is a great read, actually. And um, a lot of people do do that or you learn how to do it and work and live your life with fear. Um, I don't think fear is necessarily a bad thing. As I mentioned, it is there occasionally to give you a warning sign, but um, it's also there to, um, initially it is there for protection to protect you, but I think it is there for you to like live on the edge a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely, wow. Um, and fear, I think overcoming fears can be some of the most uh, fulfilling things in life. Yes. challenging you. Um, you're constantly growing and that's amazing and I feel like just hearing your story you're just such a courageous person like not just in a technical like you know Russian swing way but just following your dream and I think I think I'm like at work sometimes I feel like I'm the biggest baby as well like (laughs) I remember in dive training I was like oh no I don't want to do it but it's funny because I I'm like, no, no, no. And I eventually self-talk myself into doing it. And that's also a powerful tool is self-talk and mm-hmm. noticing when your self-talk is negative and questioning why am I saying this to myself and mm-hmm. rephrasing and reframing um, the self-talk. 
again, it all links back to like confidence and many other aspects. They're all intertwined, which is why I love sports psychology because it's so yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of the time I'm like a big coward and then eventually I'm like, okay, when I've like overcome that, I'm like, I just do it. And then I'm like, ah, I did it. What was, what was I making such a big deal out of it for? But um, yeah, we all have our moments. Of course, of course, we're human, right? Even exactly. though you guys exactly. do superhuman things and operate on such a high performance level but it all boils down to the same concepts of you know just just recognizing it's really kind of all in my head and um most of the time right and and um it also strikes me as it takes a lot of self-awareness as you're working through the mental blocks and um kind of picking apart and analyzing the fear right because it's like the awareness first in order to overcome yeah. it right yeah yeah and um i'm sure these are all topics you discuss in your book that's so exciting that so tell me about the book yeah so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as i mentioned i wrote flying high life lessons under the big top during um lockdown one and originally it was just a form of like catharticism it was just really like liberating I was just I was just writing I wasn't writing for a purpose and um I don't really know how it happened but I gave it to my dad and he said Shelly you know you have a story to tell you know you have something here he's like develop it and I was like okay and I would just keep expanding and growing on each section and um eventually I got to a point where I felt stuck because I'm not I'm not a writer um I'm an acrobat but I really felt passionate that I had this message and this story to tell so on Instagram I was looking for ghostwriters or someone who could help me and eventually I found a ghostwriter and we partnered up and he rewrote kind of everything I had written and made it flow better and then we did a few interviews to build and bulk on certain sections so he kind of rephrased and rearranged it for me which was phenomenal because I was not able to do that on my own there was a lot of back and forth a lot of editing as well and changes but um eventually we got there so it's basically a story of of my life's journey from seeing a set de Soleil show when I was a kid and saying mom dad that's what I want to do to then taking it to the stage um many years later and being the person on stage inspiring where I was once sitting being inspired. Um, I also talk through some life lessons along the way. Of course, life throws all obstacles your way and it's not an easy, uh, you know, it's not straight A to B. There's like hurdles and, yeah. you know, positive and negatives, but it's how I overcome them and the mindset I use and the way that I kind of see life and try and make the best out of, um, make the most out of each situation. Yeah. And um, yeah, unfortunately the book, it's not unfortunate, the book ends um, with COVID. I could have continued, but I haven't. I Equal. haven't. Yeah, Equal. exactly. <laughs> A few people have asked, I'm like, well, we'll, we'll see. I've got, to, I've got to live life a little bit and see where it takes yeah. me on this journey. But um, there definitely is an opportunity to, to continue writing. I thoroughly do enjoy it. Um, so, so we'll see. Wow. That's, 
I literally, as you were telling me about the book, I got goosebumps. I may have teared up a little. I'm just that, like, I'm sorry. I'm, like, a very emotional person, but... Oh, me too. Don't worry. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, You're going to make me cry. (laughs) And I just met you. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Wow. Um, Where are you based? um, California. You're in Cali, which... which uh, northern which... Northern California, like uh, forty minutes from SF, San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing! Amazing. Yeah. Um, so, did... do you ever find yourself here? Yeah, <laughs> I would like, love to meet have you. Have you seen the Seven Fingers show? Yes, uh, I haven't seen it, but I heard of it, and I'm gonna to watch it. Yeah. yeah. There's some really good people on that show, so I'm happy to put you in in contact with them. They're really, really nice. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, pleasure. I actually, I actually teach at the Circus Center in SF. Um, I oh, teach dance. Yeah, I teach dance and rhythmic gymnastics. And oh, they're amazing. like, yeah, like beginner rhythmic gymnastics for adults. Um, yes. To, you know, allow them to enjoy the sport. And, oh, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> so um, I, that's how I'm kind of getting my foot in the door in the circus world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, go see the show. I can't remember the like it's something San Francisco, I think. Um, yeah, yeah I this, know what you're talking about. Yeah, with the Seven Fingers, I've only seen videos. It looks great. There's a great cast. So yeah, yeah. definitely go watch it. And I can, I know two of the artists because they wow. used to be on Lucia. So yeah, Thank definitely. So yeah. yeah, of course. Um, so would you say the circus world in general is like pretty close-knit like you know a lot of people internationally you know yeah, everyone is very like we say it's a family like I don't obviously I don't know everyone but people have heard of other people so um, and people are really friendly and really kind and nice and understanding and everyone kind of wants the best for everyone so on tour as well like if I wanted to learn juggling the juggler would be like oh I'll help you you know if you want to learn a new skill people are really open and willing to teach um as long as you're willing to put in the time and effort in as well so yeah it's a really pleasant place to be um that's awesome yeah that's awesome it sounds like such a supportive um, yeah it is it really is and and coming from gymnastics which is very individual sport Mm right um and can be toxic sometimes, you know, yes. with the culture. Yeah. <laughs> um, how was how that? How was your gymnastics experience? Um, so, I mean, I knew from a young age that I wasn't, I was never that, like, I, I, st- I wasn't a great gymnast. I was all right, like, um, but I knew from a young age I wasn't a favorite. I wasn't as good as the people, like, people were younger than, than me doing better things and I was just I just knew um so when I made the switch um into display it was really nice to be part of a team and I I thoroughly enjoyed it I much I preferred it more than being an individual Mm -hmm. um yeah the same on circus though as much as you love everyone when you when you live and breathe work 24 7 six days a week Mm -hmm. it can become a lot you know but oh yeah People are awesome. Um, I wouldn't say it's toxic, but um, yeah, it, you you know when you need to have some breathing space. And but there's always people there for you. Always, always. Like if you need to talk, if you need anything, people are great. That's great. Um, 
Yeah, and with every profession, there's ups and downs. Um, what do you do in your free time to relax? Ooh, um, I, I, this is a great question. <laughs> now that I'm back on my feet, I love walking, but I have to be careful because if I walk too much, my foot hurts, and that's not a good thing. Um, Netflix, as everyone, yeah, I love. I do love reading, and I need to read more. Um, and right now, my spare time is being taken up by uh, studying to be a life coach. Wow, you're so busy, always so busy. Oh, but... I don't know if that's a good thing. I, I, I do that a lot. I make myself busy because I get bored very easily and I don't like sitting still. So, but you're yeah. contributing so much. And... Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And so I just have a question about when you're on tour. Yeah, of course. Right? So you, what what's like your top three favorite places you've been to in the world? Um, so on tour, mm -hmm. Mexico, our show is a Mexican themed show. So the fact that we got to go to Mexico, like, oh, I loved it. It was so special. It was magical. It's an amazing country, amazing people, amazing food. I, yeah. I love <laughs> Mexico. Um, I'm biased. London is my hometown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So performing at the Royal Albert Hall was literally, it was my childhood dream. So being able to fulfill that was like, you know, one of the best things I've ever done. Wow. And then in a, I loved, I loved certain cities in America, but I also love Canada. Mm -hmm. um, I really, have, Montreal has a special place in my heart, but it's also the home of circus. Mm -hmm. So again, a bit of a bias. Um, but yeah, Canada had so much nature and beauty. Like Alberta was just blew my mind. One of my favorite places, I think. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You're so, you're so well-traveled. I, yeah, I feel, I feel so, so lucky as well. Like, yeah, from such a young age, I, I lived abroad and then I live, you know, I lived in Southeast Asia. So traveling was very easy, very cheap. And, um, I've done a lot, but ironically, I haven't done much of Europe. So people are like, oh, you haven't been to Italy? You haven't been to like Greece? I'm like, no, I really want to go. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, Europe is my next, but yeah, like Barcelona, I was, yeah, I was so upset. I never made it to Barcelona and um, other places in Spain. Well, yeah, yeah, I will. Those cities hopefully aren't going anywhere. And, um, <laughs> yeah. There's no time to travel. For sure. And do you ever, do you ever get like homesick, like miss your parents? Do you stay yeah, I, I would have waves, you know, like sometimes, you know, if you're ever really poorly or it's been a really long leg and I haven't gone home, then yeah, I think the most I ever went without seeing family was like a bit over a year. But um, no, I, I, I'm very close with my family. I would call them regularly and yeah, you have moments where I'm like, oh, I really wish, but you know what? I'm I'm living my dream, and unfortunately, exactly. it comes with some sacrifices and consequences. And yeah, as I'm as I'm getting older as well, like I I now know more of what I want. I I want to travel as much as I love traveling. I do want to be more grounded. Mm -hmm. um, I still want to travel, but um, have a bit more of roots at home and be closer to loved ones. And yeah. Absolutely. And how old are you right now, if you don't mind me asking? I am 29. 
Wow. Oh my yeah. god. I'm and old. I'm older than I look. <laughs> I mean, you're still in your twenties, so that I consider that like I'm 24. I consider anything in twenties like we are still young, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One year left. One year left. What's like the average retirement age in circus? Does it vary across disciplines? So the youngest will be 18. And the oldest, honestly, it depends on your discipline. It depends on how your body feels. We have girls who've had babies come back and they're in their mid thirties. We've got gentlemen performing in their like mid forties. So it depends on the individual, like touring life can also be, especially if you're single, it can be challenging to meet someone, you know? So um, if you are a female and you're looking to meet someone and settle down and have a family, that could be quite challenging. Yeah. So again, it depends. It depends on the individual and and what they want. But um, I don't think there's a particular age that they they would never not hire someone because you're a certain age. So right. it's just like the skill. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just going off of like the possibility of me entering. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I'm 24, which, you know, to enter though, it's like entering at 24 is different a little bit than like, let's say you started when you're 18. And then, You've got right? people I mean, coming in at a later age that wow. it, it really doesn't matter. Your age doesn't matter. There's some people who may have gone to circus school from 18 to 23, 24, and then try and get into the scene. So and um, there are people from later walks of life as well. One of the guys, he was a footballer until he was 18 and then switched to tumbling and then he joined in his 30s. So oh, wow. age is not a factor at all. It's really your skill, your ability. Um, yeah, put your, you know what, there's no, like, if you don't try, you will never know. There's no harm in putting yourself out there. Worst case, you get rejected and you try again. Like, it's not... It's not the end of the world. Yeah. But you would you would regret it if you didn't even try. So Right. No definitely definitely put yourself out there. No dream is too big, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> what advice do you have for like aspiring circus artists, um, athletes in general, um, just people who are looking to overcome fears surrounding yeah. their dreams? So my advice is if you if it's your dream if it's something you really want hard work or payoff it's going to be a journey it's going to be hard it's not going to be easy it's going to hurt but if you want it enough you will persevere through all of that not only are you building on your resilience but ultimately you're going to you're going to achieve and accomplish your dream and feel fulfilled and you know I mean I still have no words for what I was able to do like I was I was living my best life being able to perform and inspire and know that you will be able to do that for the next generation so no dream is too big yeah wow that's an incredible message to everyone out there Um, yeah and I I just got goosebumps again. <laughs> um, well, it was so nice to meet you, Shelly. And 
Yeah, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Again, if you have any questions or anything, please don't hesitate at all. Thank you. Click subscribe to stay up to date for weekly episodes. You can also check out our website, athletevoices.net, where you can find articles written about the guests featured on this podcast, as well as blog posts and opinion pieces about all things aesthetic sports. Thank you.